The new 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. You know, whether you are a regular listener or whether you're new to our show, if it's Sunday morning in America, then it's time for Money Wise. Money Wise is brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. So join us now for a few short minutes, and we're going to share with you some important ideas for protecting your family and protecting your money. This is your time. And good morning to attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning. Michael, thank you for being with me on the radio this morning. Uh, Michael is an important participant in many of our shows. He's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to talking about estate planning, wills, trusts, Medicaid protection, Medicaid planning, real estate closings. He has a lot of expertise in a lot of areas, and I highly recommend that if you have legal questions, particularly in the area of estate planning or Mm -hmm. real estate transactions, for example, give Michael a call. And what is your telephone number, Mike? You you can reach me at 508-998-8800. Also, feel free to go to our website, that's LanceLawInc.com, if you want to learn a little bit more about who we are and what we do. And my name is Ray Lance, and I'm very happy to be with you this morning. Our topic today is going to be wills versus trusts, and it's a lot more complicated than people ordinarily think about. So a very small percentage of our population right now has done anything. It's estimated that More than 55% of all Americans die without any kind of an estate plan at all. No will, no trust, no nothing. And one in four Americans over the age of 75 don't even have a simple will. So these are pretty incredible numbers, aren't they, Mike? They are. It's kind of scary. We'll get into this more as we go along. But that's, you know, half of Americans don't have any estate plan at all. That's... That's scary. So if you're listening this morning, ladies and gentlemen, ask yourself this question. Do you have an estate plan? Do you have a will? Do you have a trust? And do you have some other very important documents that we're going to be talking about this morning that are necessary to protect your family? So our topic today is wills versus trust, but we're really talking about protecting your family. And And I see another statistic. Statistic here. I always have trouble with that word. I like that word, too. (laughs) Um, About 92% of adults under 35 don't have an estate plan at all. And a lot of times we hear, you know, these young people say, well, I don't have any assets. I don't need an estate plan. Why should I put anything together? But as we're going to go forward today, we'll talk about other documents that you should have, such as powers of attorney, health care proxies. Even if you're a young person and something happens to you, um, someone's going to have to make decisions on your behalf. If you're in the hospital and, and you can't speak for yourself, that could be a court proceeding if you don't have those documents in place. So even for a young person, you should definitely have those. Absolutely. You know, people do pass away young, unfortunately. It happens all the time, mm-hmm. and sometimes they have assets, and then it's really a mess for the family. Right. But we are all about protecting your family, and everything we do somehow involves families, doesn't it? There's a fellow named Les Dawson who said, families are like fudge, mostly sweet with a few nuts. Yeah. <laughs> now, Unfortunately, many... we see that all the time. Yes, we do see that a lot, don't yeah. we? Yes. Well, I want to tell you about something unusual and special that's happening on Saturday, June 16th. So you're listening to us on Sunday morning, but on Saturday, June 16th, 
Animal Advocates, which is a very important organization that takes care of cats and dogs in particular, is having a gift sale fundraiser. And it's their Father's Day gift sale fundraiser because Father's Day is Sunday, June 17th. But this event is going to take place on Saturday, June 16th, from noontime, 12 o'clock, until 5 o'clock. And the purpose is to benefit helpless and homeless abandoned dogs and cats who need help. And more about that in just a minute. This is going to be held at the Sail Loft Restaurant right on Payden Aram Harbor. The address is 246 Elm Street. By the way, this is a plug specially for the Sail Loft Restaurant, too. It's a delightful place to eat. Uh, they have a really active, lively regular bar scene in the evenings and the weekends, but they also have a lovely additional dining room that overlooks the harbor and the boats, and it's just a wonderful place to sit. I've eaten there probably a half a dozen times. The prices are modest. Mm -hmm. If you want to check out the Sail Loft restaurant, they're going to be offering food there as well, and they're helping to sponsor this. But this Father's Day uh, program, they have things for sale which are going to benefit uh, animals, specifically cats and dogs who've been uh, abandoned, uh, and they're going to be selling sweets and goodies and chocolates and plants and gardens and birth, bird items, get that word out, and gift baskets. But they're also selling something else that's kind of interesting. They're selling signature and signed sporting events like baseballs, they've got a hockey puck, um, sports memorabilia that have been signed by notable sports figures. And you can buy these things, get something that might be uh, good to add to your own collection, and at the same time you're going to help support uh, animal advocates, the important work that they do. If you need more information, you can go to animaladvocates at comcast.net. You can call them at 508-991-7727. But remember, that's Saturday, June 16th from 12 o'clock to 5 o'clock, Sail Loft Restaurant, 246 Elm Street in Dartmouth. It's a lot of fun, and you'll get to see some uh, interesting things, maybe buy something, and get to look at the harbor at yeah. the same time. Help the cats and dogs. That's an important thing. We have two dogs in our office most days who were adopted from different areas, so we're definitely advocates of helping the animals. Right. And uh, we'll come back to that in a minute because uh, my son Pete has two rescue dogs and one was rescued one day away from it being euthanized and put down and they're wonderful right. delightful dogs so more about that in a minute so michael you're a clean shaven guy most times <laughs> so here's a quotation from wc fields wc fields was a 1920s and 1930s film star mm -hmm. and he once said all the men in my family were bearded, and most of the women. Jeez. <laughs> That's a scary sight. Yes, it is. Well, let's talk about why you should set up a will or a trust. Well, we've already talked about some statistics, and the fact is that most people don't do enough. They don't do what they should do. They don't create a will. They don't create a trust. So what happens, first of all, if people don't plan, if they fail to plan? What are some of the problems with not creating a will or creating a trust, Mike? Well, first of all, if you don't have a plan in place, there is a statute here in Massachusetts, the intestacy statute, basically setting forth where your assets will go if you don't have any plan in place. So in other words, if you don't you know, have a will saying that you want your 
real estate to go to someone or your personal assets to go to another person, the intestacy statute here in Massachusetts will control that. And obviously that may not uh, say what you want it to say. We call that the laughing heirs. People that may not be in your lives may come along and say, hey, it's great to... <laughs> I've, in, I've inherited something. Right. I'm, I'm sitting here debating in my mind whether I should tell the story of the derivation of the word intestacy. Did you ever hear I that story? I've heard that one. <laughs> have you heard that story before, Mike? I have. Should I should I do that story now or should I, know, I pass? It's Sunday morning. I don't know. All right, I'll pass on that okay. story. I'll I'll leave you to your imagination, <laughs> but um, I'll simply say that um, no, I have to tell the story. Okay, I'm sorry. go ahead. <laughs> you see, in Latin, the word uh, intestacy, testator, and so forth—they all come from the same derivation of the root word t-e-s-t. Mm-hmm which also can refer to testicles. Mm -hmm. And going back to Roman times, when men had to testify in court, another Mm. derivation of that word, um, men had to swear to tell the truth and under penalties of losing their testicles if they did not tell the truth. Is that true? It is a true story. Really? You know where this came from? This came from Paul Harvey, the famous radio commentator. Okay. I, I heard this on the radio once, and I almost drove off the road laughing listening to it. He told the story of the derivation, and what he said at the end of his little speech was, they ought to bring back the custom of making people swear to tell the truth under pains of losing their testicles if right. they didn't. But what about women? Well, I'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. See, in those days, only men could testify. Oh, okay. And he said maybe we'd have a lot more honest people and politicians especially yeah if they had to tell the truth under those penalties what's going on in the world today so if you think of the word intestacy Mm -hmm. that you're talking about yeah i'll be very careful on this i promise uh, um you really can lose a lot if you die intestate yes yes and you don't want to do that no you want to do something you want to do a document right all right that's enough of this subject (laughs) right but uh, it's a true story True derivation. So if you don't have a plan, basically, then what you're saying is the government has a plan for you. Exactly, yeah. Another point here, um, if you don't have a plan at all, think about maybe there's been multiple marriages. So you have children from a first marriage, and then there's a second marriage. And, you know, in that intestacy statute, basically it says that a lot of the assets go to the spouse. So what happens if the kids get, you know, left out of the estate plan? They're mm-hmm. not going to be happy about that if there's right. a second marriage and, you know, a new spouse gets everything. So also creditors. Um, so if you have to go through the probate court system because mm-hmm. um, you didn't create anything, right? that can take as long as a year in Massachusetts, can't it? Yeah, creditors have one year to make a claim in a probate process. So if you don't have a will, or even if you do have a will, but you don't have any uh, planning in place aside from that, there would have to be a probate if there are assets in your name alone, and in that probate process, a creditor can come along and say, well, you owe us a certain amount of money, and there's a year within which they can do that. So we're talking with attorney Michael Coleman, uh, and he works with Lance Law, Inc., with attorney Tenny Lance. They're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. You can reach them at 508-998-8800. So, Mike, let me ask this question. So a lot of the young people say, well, I'll do a will when I get older. You know, I don't have to worry about it right now. Mm-hmm. But if you have children and you don't have a will, what can happen right. then, young children? Well, you should definitely have a will if you have young children to set forth a guardian 
and a conservator here in Massachusetts, there are two individuals that would have to be in control of a young child, a guardian, and a conservator. Mm -hmm. If you don't have those in place, someone would have to go to the probate court and ask to be appointed, and that can really be anyone. It could be... It might be somebody that you don't want, is what exactly, you're saying. Exactly. So if, if you don't have you know, someone named in the will, anyone could go into court. Obviously, the court will have discretion over who gets appointed, mm -hmm. but you know, it could be anyone who asks to go in and you know, control your children's assets and body. But at least in your will, you could nominate the people that you would like to have take care of your young children. Exactly. And you could also specify at what age they should receive assets. Exactly, yep. Otherwise, if you have um, a child at 18 in Massachusetts, they're legally of age at the age of 18, right? Right, and I, I'm guessing most people would not want an 18-year-old to inherit money or real estate. I mean... Some some are responsible at that age, but, you know, 18-year-olds. <laughs> I wasn't responsible when I was 18. Right. I wasn't responsible until I was 19 when I went to Paris Island Boot Camp. Right. Then I became responsible within 10 minutes. Yeah, real, real fast. <laughs> <laughs> so what age would you typically recommend that younger children should be able to inherit assets or receive them? Well, typical age that we have in our estate plan is 25, um, but obviously that you know, it changes. Sure. Some people, I had a, a person come in recently saying that um, for different reasons, they didn't want anyone to inherit until they were um, in their 60s, mm -hmm. uh, which is an extreme example. This person actually happened to have a stroke, so um, they didn't want them to get assets right away. They were afraid that uh, the wife would step in and control the assets. So we put in an estate plan together where they would only get assets over a 15-year period, at intervals, um, but if they were 65 years old, they would get everything at that time. So we can do all sorts of things, and that involved a trust. And so sure. we'll get into that later, but um, that's one thing you can do with a trust is hold assets back. So at a minimum, you want to have a will. Yes. Everybody should yeah. have a will right? because life is hazard. We don't know when things are going to happen to us. And, um, you know, um, if you have younger children, if you have more than one children, maybe one child is responsible, one yep. child is not. Yep. Now, Mike, I happen to know that you're an only child. I am. And so, do you know what Irma Bombeck said? Nope. She said, the advantage of having only one child is that you always know who did it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to be an only child. I mean, but on the other hand, as we see so many times when people get older... You know, and they have to be taken care of, so I know that's going to be all in my plate. Yes, it will. Yeah. But. And that's an interesting thought and in commentary as well, that, you know, we all have different kinds of responsibilities as our parents get older. Right. Um, uh, my wife, Tenny, Attorney Tenny Lance, ended up having to make a lot of decisions for her mother. Mm -hmm. Her father died before the mother did. And uh, we also ended up doing the same thing with my mother. We yeah. took care of my mother as she got older and right. couldn't really manage well for herself. Many times what we see in our practice is that there will be multiple children. Mm -hmm. Some are local, some might be, you know, in Montana, California, wherever, so they have different roles. Some are better at uh, handling finances, some are better at making healthier decisions. So generally it'll be, you know, a group effort to take care of someone. Right. So you need to do some special kind of planning, too. But we'll talk about that probably on right. another day, about taking care of older parents. Right. I just want to remind everyone that you're listening to USA Wealth Group. You're listening to our MoneyWise program every Sunday morning. And we're always interested to try to bring things to you that will help you 
protect your family and protect your money. That's our number one goal. You can reach us at USA Wealth Group at 508-998-8858. You can also reach us at usawealthgroup.com on the internet. And make an appointment if you have retirement needs especially because we do a lot of work in the area of retirement planning and making sure you have enough income to live on in retirement. I also want to remind you about the Animal Advocates Program that's being held as a gift sale fundraiser Saturday, June 16th from 12 o'clock noon to 5 p.m. And it's being held at a very special place this year. It's the Sail Loft Restaurant on Payton Arum Harbor. The address is 246 Elm Street. And by the way, there's a driveway that goes behind the building. There is parking down in the back as well. Saturday sometimes can be busy time down in the harbor, but there's either parking on the street, there's also parking behind the building. Mm-hmm. Have you eaten there yourself, Mike? I've been there, yeah, a few times. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very nice place. You can eat outside. There's a eat. little deck Yep, you outside. can eat outside, you can eat inside. It's yeah. casual. Yeah. Well, they're having this special gift sale on Saturday, June 16th from noon to 5 o'clock, Sail Loft Restaurant. They're going to be selling a lot of baked goods, plants, chocolates, things like that. The interesting thing about those edible items is they're going to be on antique plates. Hmm. And I'm not quite clear, but either the antique plates are going to be for sale or maybe when you buy a plate full of goodies, you'll get the plate. I'm not sure how that's going exactly. But the antique plates are also going to be available, as well as sports memorabilia. Hmm. I know there's at least uh, some sports, um, some signed baseballs. Can't tell you who signed them. You'll no. have to go find out. Right. That's a surprise. Uh, I know there's a hockey puck. Okay. I don't know who signed it, hmm. but go and find out. Yeah. So an interesting time to help support animals that need help who are abandoned, who are homeless. Uh, they Animal Advocates arranges to have them neutered and spayed and taken care of so that they won't be reproducing further right. uh, animals. And then they uh, will help... Uh, Arrange for adoptions, I guess, too. Right. So Mike was mentioning earlier that in our office there are two dogs. There's Willow and Luna. Uh, Willow is a Nova Scotia Toller. I'm glad you remembered that. Cause that T-O-L-L-E-R. Uh, she looks like a, a mini red Irish setter. She's like the fastest little, dog yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Like a little fox. Yep, she, and she looks like a fox in some ways. You're right. Yeah. She is so fast. They love racing after birds and rabbits out in the office yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, she was literally one day away from being euthanized, and she was rescued. And yeah. what a delightful dog she is. She is. She's beautiful. And the other dog is Luna. It's hard to describe her. I'm not sure what breed she is. She looks like a sort of like a golden retriever size, but she's white, very nice, beautiful white, and she has mascara around her eyes. Oh, that's interesting. Never <laughs> thought of it being described that way. But she's also very affectionate. She's yeah. very gentle. She's good with everybody. And if you ever saw the movie Peter Pan, there's a big white dog in the Peter Pan movie. Mm-hmm. And she sort of reminds you of that dog. So yeah. another rescue dog who is being sort of held captive under somebody's porch in the south yeah. and was being hit with a, a baseball bat. Oh, and she was rescued, and she now is in good hands with Peter. Yeah. So rescuing animals and taking care of animals, I think, is a good measure of our humanity, isn't it? It is, and maybe we could talk about pet trusts in that uh, in that vein. 
Okay. One of the things that we can do now in Massachusetts, they just passed a law recently saying that you can actually set up a pet trust. So if you have an animal that you care about and you want to make sure it's taken care of, if something were to happen to you, you can actually set up a trust and you know say how much money you want to be put into that trust and name someone to take care of your animal and therefore you know who's going to be in charge and how much money is going to be left over and that your dog or cat is not going to be uh, one of these dogs that has to get adopted. So that's a great thing. Well, I remember that uh, Tenny had a, a, a grandmother once as a client who passed away and she had a dog and fortunately her grandson did adopt the dog and take mm. the dog over but yeah. it's an issue for a lot of people what happens to my pet when i'm gone pets yeah. become family members don't they i have a client right now who has i think seven cats um, and then she has maybe another 10 cats within her building um, all told between these two sisters there are maybe 20 or 24 cats that they oh need gosh. to have taken care of at some point so i don't know how we're going to handle that is that a cat house <laughs> yes wow that's a lot. I mean, I have a, a couple of cats myself, but yeah. I wouldn't want to have that many. It's, no, that's it's, hard to take care of. It's really a problem because we don't know who's going to be able to take the cats. Uh, she wants them all to go to you know one house, which I don't think is realistic. But again, think about down the road what's going to happen to your pets. You know, if you care about them, you can set up kind of, some kind of a trust. And you can help with that. Yes. Okay. And is it generally a separate trust, or is it language within a trust? It would be within, typically, a living trust that's so, set up. So you could put language. Yes. Well, maybe this is a good time to start a discussion. We mentioned that everybody should have a will. So let's talk quickly about some of the related documents that you have. So when you do a will, you don't do just a will. You do some other papers as well. Right. We would want to do uh, what we mentioned before, powers of attorney. So Okay, let's tell me what a power of attorney is. A power of attorney... Uh, is basically a document that names an agent to either pay your bills for you or to make decisions on your behalf if you're in the hospital and you can't do that for yourself. So there would be a durable power of attorney, which is names the agent to pay bills and make financial decisions, and then a healthcare power of attorney, again, that names an agent to speak to your doctors for you. So these are the documents that allow you to avoid the whole probate process for conservatorship and guardianship. So that's why these are so important. So when you do a will, you do a power of attorney, you do a health care proxy, you yeah. might do a living will that says, right. don't keep me alive artificially. Yeah. yeah. And you want some guidance to be able to give to your family members, don't you? Exactly. So I'm going to reach out really quickly and say, if you are <clears throat> married and if you are a man listening today, I think to, it's very easy to say that you sort of have a special responsibility to make sure your family's taken care of. And it's not just about providing financially and economically. It's to make sure that if something happens to you, they're going to be protected. Uh, we're not going to talk about life insurance today, but that's a lot of what we do on USA Wealth Group as well. Mm -hmm. But the legal documents is a really important starting point. And we're going to talk in a few minutes about why is it important to have somebody that knows what they're doing prepare these documents for you as opposed to using an online service. And ladies, if you're listening today and you've got a man in your life, uh, whether you're married or living with somebody, you need to do a special kick in the rear end for the husband and say, we've got to get protection for each other, right. for children, and so forth. 
So this is a, a, a gentleman who uh, is called Frank Abagnale. Mm-hmm. There's actually a movie made about his life. I've heard that name. Yes. Um, he said, a real man loves his wife and places his family as the most important thing in his life. Nothing has brought me more peace and content in life than simply being a good husband and father. And I'm suggesting that one of the major responsibilities of that is also the obligation to make sure you've got proper legal documents to take care of them if something happens to you. Absolutely. And it does happen. It's just a question of when and how it will happen. Mm -hmm. Mike, when we come back, we're talking with attorney Mike Coleman. We're going to talk further about wills versus trust, and we're going to talk about all right, we know we need a will and related documents. Why would we maybe look at a trust instead? We're going to talk about that. And then at the end of the show, before we leave today, we're going to give you something new that we've been doing, a tax tip for the week. So please stay tuned, and we will be right back with more advice and information from MoneyWise. And welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Another Sunday morning where we're happy to be with you. I'm Ray Lance, and with us this morning is attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you for staying tuned and listening to us, ladies and gentlemen. If you have children, I want to give you some advice about children. And this comes from Harry Truman, former president. I have found the best way to give advice to your children is to find out what they want and then advise them to do it. <laughs> In other words, they're going to do what they want to right. anyway. So, what the heck? Um, and we're talking about wills versus trust, and the fact that a lot of people simply don't do anything. Sometimes it's superstition, I suppose, Mike, where yeah. people think, "Well, gee, if I do a will, that means I'm going to die." Well, that's not the case. It means you're going to protect your family, doesn't it? Right. I it's, definitely understand. We see that. I mean, most of the time when people come into our office, obviously they want to talk about doing some documents. Otherwise, they sure. wouldn't be there. Um, but I can certainly understand, you know, the uh, idea that, well, if I if I make a will, then I'm, something's going to happen to me, or at least I'm going to have to think about my own death, which people obviously don't want to think about. But I think when you do wills and trusts for clients, don't you have a, a guarantee of longevity with them? Yeah, I wish I could give that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mother Teresa once said, what can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to add to that, protect your family. Right. Do something. Take some action. So, Mike, we are talking in the first half hour about wills and why they're important. Uh, wills are your direction. It's your roadmap. It lets you decide who's going to handle your affairs for you, who you want to leave your property to, at what age should they receive it. And when you do wills, you were saying earlier that you also do powers of attorney and health care proxies, which will let you avoid guardianship or conservatorship. Right. So tell me, what's the difference primarily with a will and a trust? Why is a trust sometimes more important for people? Well, there are some you know basic differences. A will, um, if you have assets in your name alone, a will is going to have to go through probate. So a lot of people think that if they do a will, what's going to happen later on down the road is they're just going to walk into an attorney's office and they're going to read the will and then the assets are going to be distributed to all the beneficiaries in the will, Mm -hmm. like you see that on TV a lot. That's Um, that's, the biggest fallacy about wills. Yeah, that's not the case. Really, if there are assets in someone's name alone or if there are joint assets with a husband and wife and they both 
pass away, there is going to have to be a probate, and the will basically just is one of those documents that gets submitted to the probate court in order to start that proceeding. So that's an important question to ask you, Mike. Have you ever sat down with the whole family around a table in the office and said, today we're going to read the will? Um, I've had that situation occur, mm-hmm. but I always have to you know, have the disclaimer to say that this is the will, this is what the will says, but if there are assets in the person's name alone of the estate, then we're going to have to do a probate. So so even though you've done a will, a will doesn't really have any validity ultimately until it's filed in the probate court. Exactly. Yeah. So you got to do something further with a will when somebody dies, which is to go through probate. Right. And this all depends on how assets are held. Again, it's more complicated than just saying, you know, a will always has to go through probate. There, what we do with our clients when they come in is we look at their assets we look at how the assets are held, then we determine, you know, the best way to go forward from there. So So what does a trust do that a will does not do? Well, a trust is a, first of all, a trust is a private document. If you do a probate, you mm-hmm. have to file the will with a probate court. And what that means is it becomes a public document. Anyone can walk into that court and look at the will and see who your beneficiaries are and see what they're getting. A trust, uh, that doesn't happen with a trust. You can keep the trust in the office. No one gets to see it. Um, no one gets to know who gets what, who your successor trustees are. So that's one major advantage of having that trust. So a will always remains a private document, does not have to get filed in court. Well, the trust. I mean, I'm sorry, the trust yeah. does, but yeah. still it allows you to pass on assets to your family. Exactly. And you can still name who you want to be your trustee, the person who's going mm-hmm. to handle things. Yep. What if you have somebody that you felt wasn't going to be responsible even at the age of 25? Can you do something different? Sure. Like we said before, um, assets that are in trust can be held in trust. And there are, you know, a number of different ways to do this. It can be an age distribution. Say you want someone to get a asset at a certain age. You can say at 30 years old, they get everything outright and free of trust. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to give them assets only over, you know, a certain time frame. So a lot of times we'll have, I want one third of, you know, this asset to go to this person when they're 25, one third to go when they're 30, and then one third to go when they're 35 so that... They don't get everything at once. They don't go out and spend it on a Ferrari or whatever. And, um, you know, it depends on the person. It depends on the beneficiary, too. Sometimes, you know, they know kids are going to be more responsible or uh, other kids are going to go out and have some fun with the money. So, Mm -hmm. yes, we can have assets held in trust over time and make sure that they're spent properly. Well, I remember one case that I was personally involved in that I helped advise a family a long time ago. And the the client, the mother, was in her mid-80s. She was still running a business, and she had a 65-year-old son who was married. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want him to have anything directly under his control. Right. And she actually named the law firm in that situation as the trustee to manage the assets for the benefit of her son, who was at that time 65 years of age. Mm. And the primary reason was because he was married to a woman who was a spendthrift. Um, she also had a medical disease. She was a classic paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah. She was very much interested in uh, picking up animals that were dead on the side of the road, and she would put them in the trunk of her car and bring them home and give them a burial service. Jeez. And the mother, the client, knew that if anything happened to her and the son inherited her money directly, which was a fairly large sum, mm-hmm. that she would go and spend it entirely on 
you know, those kinds of things. Right. And the money would be gone. So she yeah. she wanted to have some management control. So let me ask you a question, Mike. Um, we see ads occasionally for, you know, you can, on television even, you can do your trust or your will on a computer mm-hmm. yourself. Right. Tell me about that. I, we don't advocate that. I mean, normally what happens with me when I meet with a client, they have so many different questions. They want to talk about all different sorts of distribution options and how things are going to get taken care of. I can't imagine going on a computer and having all of that done properly. Um, there's so much drafting that needs to be done, follow up with clients, you know, really getting personal about taxes and um, right. issues. So, so, for example, if you're doing things on a computer, you're filling out a form, but nobody's going to be on the other side of that computer, the other side of that form, asking you questions That's about right. what are your assets, mm-hmm. when do you plan to retire, do your kids get along with each other, um, do, you ha- you, do you have a child that you haven't seen in 10 years and mm-hmm. for some reason you want to disinherit them? Right. Lots of things like that. Yeah, I mean, what we when a client comes in, we have all sorts of questions that we want to talk about with clients. We haven't talked about estate taxes here today, but that's a major issue um, here in Massachusetts. There is an estate tax if the assets are over a million dollars, and that includes real estate, life insurance, bank accounts, IRAs, personal property. So that's one thing we need to pay attention to. And I imagine that an online trust is not going to ask you about that. Uh, when do you want to retire? Children, what do they do? Do they get along? That's a major issue. I always sort of try and figure out if the kids get along because mm-hmm. I want to know sure. later on down the line if something happens to the person that I represent. And you might know. You might know want to name them as co-trustees, for example. Maybe not, or just to know what I'm going to be faced with. You know, are the kids going to fight over the estate? And, and by the way, if you that. have if you have large families, large families can be fun. Oh yeah, and. Uh, Zaza Gabor once said, I believe in large families. Every woman should have at least three husbands. <laughs> she had at least three, didn't she? She had at least three. Yeah. Maybe she had three. I don't know. <laughs> of course, that's not what we're really talking about today. No, no. But so we've already said that if you have a will, at some point you have to go through the public probate process. And then you said with the trust, it's private. So is there generally some break-even point that you might recommend where people should be thinking about doing a trust um, if they have assets over a certain range? It really depends. It depends on the family situation. It depends on the assets, if there's real estate, uh, how much they have in the bank. Um, You know, the probate costs a certain amount of money, so we obviously want to avoid that. If they have an estate tax issue, we want to avoid that. So really, if you have real estate and you have, you know, some money in the bank, and you have some children that you want to take care of, I would advise a trust. So it gives you many more options. And Mm -hmm. the other reason for meeting with somebody like attorney Mike Coleman or attorney Tenny Lance is they're going to ask you all these questions. They're going to ask, is there something unusual in the family? It's amazing. I've often said there really isn't any such thing as a normal family. Every family has issues. Every family has problems. And sometimes by asking a number of questions, you can find out that maybe one person is not the most suitable person to handle the money, the finances. Right. right. Yeah, normally um, the kids, the parents know one child is going to be better at handling finances. One child is going to be better at making medical decisions. So 
a lot of times it can be different children in different roles. So you can have one agent in the durable power of attorney and a different agent in the healthcare proxy. Um, doesn't have to be the same person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're not going to get to be able to have somebody ask you those questions if you're trying to do something online. Right. So it really is important to meet with somebody uh, like Mike Coleman or Tenny Lance and get answers to those questions. I want to give one more quick reminder about animal advocates. Uh, in celebration of Father's Day, which is June 17, the Animal Advocates Program, um, a great organization that helps uh, take care of homeless, abandoned dogs and cats. Uh, they arrange for them to be spayed and neuters. They help them find homes. It's a great organization. They've been around for a long time. They're having a fundraiser gift sale on Saturday, June 16th from noon to 5 o'clock. And it's going to be held at the Sail Loft Restaurant on Paid Arum Harbor, 246 Elm Street. There's parking on the street. There's parking behind the building. They're going to be selling a lot of plants, chocolates, garden things, bird items, goodies, cookies, uh, sweets to eat. And they're also going to be selling some signed sports memorabilia and things that have been donated to them. Uh, hockey pucks. Maybe there's a hockey stick. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Football. Baseballs. Football helmet, maybe. Mm. I don't know. So maybe you'll have a chance to add to your collection. Noon to 5 o'clock, Saturday, June 16th, Sail Loft Restaurant in Paden Aram at 246 Elm Street. Help benefit animal advocates and have a good time at the same time. You know, one of my favorite quotations, Mike, from Mark Twain is, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Peter, if you're listening today, um, my sympathies, because Pete's going through the same thing right now. Yeah. He just asked me the other day, he says, would you like to have, um, I won't mention the name, would you ha- like to have this one son of mine come live with you? <laughs> but What was um, Peter like at that age? He was a pain in the know? butt. <laughs> See, I'm, being, I'm cleaning up my act. He yeah. was a pain in the butt. <laughs> karma. Is that karma? No, it's called revenge. <laughs> it's called getting even. It's called now it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, we're talking today about wills versus trust. Uh, for many people, if you have assets of more than... $250,000, a trust might be a better option and alternative for you. And you mentioned earlier about estate taxes, Mike. So mm-hmm. in Massachusetts, we have an estate tax if you have assets of more than $1 million. Right. And for a lot of people today, that's not hard to do. If you've got a house with equity and uh, even life insurance mm-hmm. is, ca- is counted as part of your estate. Right. So with the trust in Massachusetts, if you do a husband and wife trust... Mm-hmm. Um, how does that right. help you with Massachusetts estate taxes? It's complicated, but if you are a husband and wife and you have more than a million dollars in estate tax, uh, we can basically eliminate the estate tax by doing trust administration and funding a B trust or the uh, credit shelter trust that a lot of people have heard of before. Mm-hmm. When one spouse passes away, we can take certain steps to get assets into that B trust to make sure that the remaining estate is, isn't taxable. So it's a major advantage. We can save, you know, a lot of money by doing that trust administration. And all of this is really about protecting your family and taking care of your family, isn't it? Yeah. Barbara Bush once said, cherish your human connections. 
your relationships with family and friends. And uh, she was a really interesting great lady. Um, so have you ever had funny stories or funny situations in the States? If you don't, I've got one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'll give you one of mine. So, um, and this poor lady has passed away. She was a good friend of mine. She died young at the age of 65. And prior to her passing, she had gone through a, a very contentious divorce. And she and her husband both had parrots. They had three parrots together. And they didn't have children together, but they had three parrots. And parrots lived to be the age of 80. So one of the sources of argument and disagreement in the divorce agreement was they each had to require, they each were required to write a will that said, if I die, the divorced spouse gets to have custody of all the parrots. Mm -hmm. uh, they split them up in the meantime, I guess. Right. And my friend uh, at the time basically wanted me to put together a will with language in it that said, in the event of my death and my ex-husband is still alive, I leave him sole custody of the parrots, provided he's not living with the whore that he left me for. Jeez. <laughs> is that true? It's a true story. Wow. <laughs> we actually wrote it, but not without a lot of my attempting to persuade her not to do that. Yeah. Um, I'll change her name. Uh, I'll say... I kept saying, Jane, you don't want to do this. No, I really want to do this. I really want this written into my will. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, if you say something like that in the will, this could be slander by will, mm -hmm. and somebody could come back and sue your estate later because of what you want to write in your will. And she right. says, I don't care. I want this written into my will. So, I guess if you don't name the actual person, then it would be a little bit harder. It could be anyone, That's right? true. <laughs> it could have been multiple people that right. they've been living with. So we actually wrote that into her will. Okay. And um, so if you need to write something unusual, creative in your will or yeah. in your trust, you could do so. Yeah, I haven't had that sort of situation yet. But. Might be better in a trust because the trust would be more private, That's right? That's true, yeah. And the will would be more public. <laughs> but uh, yes, you can do those things. There are also a lot of times what we do when we meet with clients is we say, who are your beneficiaries going to be? And then what would happen if something happens to one of your beneficiaries? And a lot of times people will say, oh, I didn't really think about that. So in other words, do you want their share to go to their children, to your grandchildren? Um, would you want it to be split up amongst their siblings? So there are all sorts of... Um, or charity. Or charity. Yeah, so that's something that we get into that a lot of people don't really think about. Obviously, they don't want to think about their children mm. predeceasing them, but... But you does. have to ask those questions of people right. when you're meeting with them, don't you, right. Mike? Yep. And um, this is attorney Mike Coleman. And uh, he practices law with attorney Tenny Lance, and they're known as Lance Law Inc. Mm -hmm. at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And why don't you tell people how they could meet you if they want to make an appointment? Yeah, if you want to come and meet with us, you can call us at 508-998-8800, or you could visit us online at lancelawinc.com. And by the way, those consultations are free. Mm -hmm. So if you want to come into the office and go over things and talk about your estate and what you may want to do, that's a free consultation. So you're in the family protection business, aren't you? Yeah. Individual and family protection business. They also have a brochure which is called Estate, Long-Term Care, and Nursing Home Protection. Uh, it's a simple one-page document. If you want uh, a copy of that for some basic information, that's fine. They also have a lot of different kinds of reports, don't mm -hmm. you, Mike? It talks right. about some of the same things that we're discussing today. We do. So We also... You, go ahead. 
one of the other things that we hadn't mentioned today, there are so many different kinds of trusts. So we've just talked about the living trust today, but we also do irrevocable trusts a lot of times to um, protect assets in the event someone should need nursing home care. And then what we're seeing a lot today is that there are special needs beneficiaries mm-hmm. a lot of times. So if there's a child with special needs and they're on some sort of government assistance, we want to make sure that they don't inherit a lot of money because that could interfere with their their assistance. So what we can do is have assets held in trust, like we talked about before, and only used for that beneficiary's needs. Yep. And we see a lot of folks that have special needs uh, throughout the course of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's important planning. You need to decide what's going to happen to the children when you're not here. And right. we've seen some absolutely wonderful families that are making those kinds of arrangements. But uh, providing for your family is important. Rodney Dangerfield once said, My uncle's dying wish. He wanted me on his lap. He was in the electric chair. <laughs> but I don't think he put that into a will or a trust. No, I hope not. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorites is, um, as you know from listening, I'm, I'm blessed to have um, two children and four grandchildren, mm-hmm. and I have lots of fun with the grandchildren uh, and the children, but I try to spend as much time as I can with the grandchildren. Sam Levinson once said, the reason grandparents and grandchildren get along so well is that they have a common enemy. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> and then you can just say goodbye to the grandkids when... That's true. <laughs> yep. Um, I actually went by uh, early this morning. I had some extra donuts from an event that I went to, and I didn't want to disturb the family, so I sent a text to Peter, and I stuck the donuts inside their mailbox. Nice. said, check your mailbox. You got some donuts. (laughs) But um, it's important to leave a legacy for your family, and uh, I'm going to give you one more quotation, which may be my last quotation for the day from Billy Graham. The greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children and grandchildren is not money or other material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. I thought that was a nice quotation, but it somewhat relates to what we've been talking about today, Mm -hmm. the differences between wills and trust. Gosh, if you do nothing else, you really need to have a will. Mm -hmm. If you have assets of over a certain range, then you really ought to be thinking about doing a trust. Yes. So I want to I want to conclude what we're talking about today and give you a, a tax tip. Our tax tip for the day is really simple. It relates to education. Uh, under the new tax law, which is effective in 2018, a 529 college savings plan uh, is no longer just for college. Under the new tax bill, they've been uh, expanded, and you can now distribute money from a 529 plan up to $10,000 per student per year to pay tuition for the child's elementary and secondary private and parochial school education. Hmm. You couldn't do that until this year. So if you've got a child that's going to Bishop Stang, for example, and that's expensive, there's a private tuition there or Friends Academy or any other private school where you have to pay tuition. Mm-hmm. And if there's a grandparent, let's say, who set up a 529 plan to help pay for college education, you can now take money from the 529 plan and you can use it also to pay for um, elementary school education, secondary uh, private school education. We can give you more information if you want to about that. I'd like to leave you with a a closing thought today about um, take some action to do something. If you're concerned about the fact that 
you don't have a will, you don't have a trust, if you're worried about running out of money in retirement, call today and schedule an appointment. These are things that we can help you with. At USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8858, we'd be happy to give you a no-obligation consultation and talk about making sure you're going to have enough money in retirement, you're not going to run out of money. If you're concerned at all about making sure that your family's going to be protected and you haven't done a will or you haven't done a trust, for gosh sakes, make an appointment to go in to see attorney Mike Coleman. Give him a call at 508-998-8800. These are important things to do, and most people tend to procrastinate and put them off. What I could say is that you know, regardless of what you do, it's just important to do something. We see so many situations where there was no planning, there was no will, maybe there are minors involved, and now we have to do a conservatorship or a probate. Um, so really what I said before, our consultations are free. Um, if you want to do a will or a trust, regardless, come in and talk to us to get something in place. And our last reminder for animal advocates, this is going to be a fun event, Saturday, June 16th, Go to the Sail Loft Restaurant in Payton Arum Harbor. It's a wonderful place to eat also. 246 Elm Street. And they're creating part of their space this weekend to help support animal advocates. Uh, that's a great organization that helps take care of homeless and abandoned dogs and cats. They do wonderful things. And they're having a fundraising event. It's a gift sale. They're selling sports memorabilia, antique plates, Sweets and goodies, chocolates, plants, gardening items. It's a fun time to do it. Mm -hmm. It's a fun time to poke around in Peyton Aram Harbor. Yeah. But you'll meet some interesting people and do something fun. Mm -hmm. uh, you can visit them also at animaladvocates at comcast.net. But most importantly, uh, we thank you very much for listening. Uh, we do wish you a great week. We encourage you to be healthy, wealthy, and money-wise. I'm Ray Lance. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks and for having me. Mike Coleman, Attorney Mike Coleman, thank you for being here. Yes. Good day, everybody.